Hi, welcome to Vertical Church Online. Today we start our brand new series, Seeds of Thanks. Here's Pastor Brian with our message. God has designed life to begin from a seed. From what is planted comes much fruit and much harvest. At this time of year, our hearts are turned to what we are thankful for. What we have received began somewhere as a seed, a gift, a word, a moment that changed us. Maybe this year, out of our thankfulness, we should plant some seeds. Maybe we should be the ones who give a gift, speaks a word of hope, or gives our time away, so that someone else could know the fruit of thankfulness. Maybe it's time that we became seeds. walk in Christ. Amen? Yeah? Yeah. Well, it is, uh, it's the fall finally here in Texas, or sometimes it felt like winter this week, but uh, welcome to Texas fall. It's the time of uh, cooler weather, longer sleeves, uh, fire in the fireplace if you have one, uh, fire pit if you've got one of those, uh, s'mores, some college football, yeah, all of that. It's uh, shorter days. Longer nights. We just got one last night. It was a good thing. And it is uh, the time for planning for Thanksgiving already. Yeah, you're probably working on a list or thinking about it at least already. Uh, you know, is it going to be turkey and ham or ham or turkey or who's making the dressing, sweet potato casserole, green bean casserole, all those kind of things. Cranberry sauce is a must at our table. I'm not sure about you. Jellied or whole, I'll take either. I used to be just jellied only, but I'm grateful for both. So um, it's that time of year. It's the season where we begin to look back on the year and think about what we have received and to tune in a heart of gratitude and to be thankful for what we have received. Now, as believers, that brings us to a, a unique place because as believers, we know the scripture tells us to give thanks in everything. So it's not just for uh, the profit of the year, but it's also for the struggles of the year. It's all things, because God is using all things to grow us into the image of his son, and therefore we can be grateful for all things, the struggles, the trials, the setbacks, even the loss. But the heart that knows how to do that is the heart that is in a mode of overflow. It knows how to be grateful for what it has received in benefit and even in loss. It's the heart that is not bitter, not complaining, but it's the heart that is grateful that is humble, that sits as a servant at the feet of Jesus. Overflow. That's what the heart does when it's healthy. When there's health and life, there is overflow. Our series that begins today, Seeds of Thanks, begins with this one truth today, that where there is life, there is always overflow. Good and healthy overflow. Mm. Overflow is what happens outside the heart. 
It's not just good intentions. It's not just good feelings. It's not just a moment of quietness that you feel, but overflow causes it to leave the heart and come out through the mouth. Overflow causes it to leave the heart and come out through action, come out through serving, come out through loving. God has established laws, and I don't mean laws like thou shalt and thou shalt not. He's done that too. But God has established some laws for life. For example, we all know that there is a law of gravity. It's, it's in place. You can choose to walk in that. And if you do, there's great benefit to it. You know, when we walk across the room, we are benefiting from gravity. If there were no gravity, you wouldn't be walking across the room. You'd be somewhere way out there somewhere, not held down. You couldn't have a house because the walls wouldn't stand up. You couldn't drive your car because your car wouldn't stay on the ground. When you understand the law of gravity, you benefit from it. If you don't understand the law of gravity and you try to just rail against it, you'll find yourself facing some consequences. If you get on your roof at home and think, I can just, I don't have to follow God's laws. I can just walk off of this thing and land peacefully on the ground. It shows clearly you don't understand the law of gravity. God has established laws and he intends for us to enjoy life by knowing, understanding those laws and walking in peace with them and not railing against them. So today I want us to think about the law of overflow. God has established a pattern and a way in which he works that is a law of overflow. Overflow. I want to use one verse today. How about that? At least one verse on screen. <laughs> one verse on screen that we're going to look at here today. And it shows where God first put in place the law of overflow here for us. It's a, it's a law that he operates from himself. It's a law that he has set in place here in the physical realm. In fact, everything that's in the physical realm is a reflection of him to begin with. That's what it says in Romans. We can see through the things that are made his eternal Godhead and nature. So when he creates, he creates so that we can see and understand who he is. Look at this verse from Genesis. God is creating in the book of Genesis. We are early in the creation account. And I'll take that on the back screen when you get a chance. And it says here in Genesis 1.12, and the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God said that it was good. Mm. Here in the early days of Genesis, God is creating and before he creates Adam and Eve, he creates, it says, grass, herb, and trees. And the thing he says about the trees here is that the trees will yield fruit. In other words, where there is life, where there is health, there will be overflow. The trees will produce fruit. The fruit is the overflow. This is how God creates. So our first 
principle today. If you're taking notes, if you want to use your phone, take a picture of the screen. Here's our first big point today. Where there is life, there is overflow. It's a principle that happens throughout the pages of Scripture. It's Genesis to Revelation. It's eternity far back as you can go. It's eternity as far as far forward as you can go. Where there is life, there is always overflow. When God created the physical realm, when he even created the spiritual realm, come talk to me about that afterwards, when he created all things, it was from the overflow of all that was in him. It wasn't because he was lonely, because he was isolated, and he didn't have anything to do, not even Netflix. It wasn't because of any of those things. He had so much life within him that within even the Trinity of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the ghost, out of their love, out of their joy, they created. It came out of the fullness. And so when God creates, he does so out of fullness. When God creates the physical realm, he established a pattern that where there is life, there will be overflow. So when there is an orange tree and the orange tree is healthy, when it has light, when it has watering, when it has nourishment, it grows and in time produces overflow. This is the overflow of an orange tree. This is the overflow of an apple tree. It's the fruit that comes from the tree that has life. This is a peach. I feel like we're in daycare. This is a peach. Where there is peach tree that is healthy, it will produce fruit. Overflow. These are grapes. And they come from a grape vine that is alive and healthy. Its roots are strong. Its vine is healthy. It is growing, receiving light and water, and it produces fruit. Where there is health and life, there is always overflow. There is always fruit. This is true in the agricultural realm. This is true within the realm of humans as well. When a man and woman fall in love, out of the overflow will come the fruit of the womb, the Bible says. You see what I'm saying? Fruit is always present when there's life and health. When there is health and life, there will be overflow. It's how we have been created. God has written it into the DNA of all life. It's true of himself. He created out of the overflow. His word is the overflow of his heart to us. When he created man, it said, let us create man in our image out of the overflow. And it's true in the realm for us when we become believers. You receive the word into you. You receive the spirit of God into you and he begins a work. You become a new creation. And the Bible says you begin to bear fruit. In our last series, we talked about the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the ghost presence in your life. When you're walking in Him, finding your delight in Him, your roots go deep in Him, you're receiving light and truth, 
and you're being nourished by him, there will be fruit in your life. It will naturally be present. Galatians, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It's the fruit that comes from the abiding Christ and Spirit within you. Now, if you had a grapevine in your yard and it was not producing grapes, it had leaves but no fruit, you would be concerned if season after season happened and there were no grapes. If there is no fruit, you would say, something must be wrong here. There must be a lack of water. There must be a lack of light. There must be a lack of a root system. There must be something that is distracting the growth, something that has infected the vine, because where there is health, there will always be fruit. And when there is a lack of fruit, there's something wrong with the health. If in our lives we don't have the evidence of spiritual fruit, then it's time to stop and see what is happening because health produces fruit. It shows up in our character. It shows up in our love for others. We love because he has loved us. When you're experiencing love from Christ in your heart, you will love others. You will serve others. You will also worship. Do you know the Bible calls our worship fruit? In Hebrews, write this down, 13, 15. It says, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Worship is the overflow of what's in here. It's barriers down, walls down, heart open, mouth open, expressed worship. Now, we may all express that in different ways, but nonetheless, it is an overflow of our lives. And it happens when we're gathered here. It happens when we're at home. It happens when we're in our car. It happens all the time. Another one of the fruit that's displayed in our life is giving. When we financially give to God, we are giving from the overflow of what he has provided for us. It is a life in overflow. It is an expression of gratitude that says, God, because of what you have done for me, I will give back to you. And the scripture sets up a law in the Old Testament that becomes a baseline for us in the New Testament called a tithe, a 10%, a giving of a portion of what he has given us. Now, in the New Testament, it becomes a different expression because it's done out of love. It's not based on a law. It's not based on a limit. It's based on my whole heart. It's based on all that I have. But nonetheless, it starts there, and it is this expressed overflow from my life because where there is life, there is overflow. There's always fruit. Now, the passage, let's go back to it for just a minute because here's what it says next in the verse. It says that the tree yields fruit... But then it says this, whose seed is in itself. 
Now, this is one of those moments where this is one verse, but it is packed with truth. This is like one of those beef bouillon cubes that your mom used to cook with. I don't know if you do. Have you ever tasted a beef bouillon cube? It's this cube that looks like a sugar cube, but it has the most incredible pack, you know, power-packed flavor that you would ever imagine. In fact, don't try it. It's gross. It really is gross. You, know, you don't need much. But if you ever use them, it's a power-packed cube. This verse is a power-packed cube. It's packed with flavor. First of all, we see that, that God creates life to yield fruit. But look at this. It says, whose seed is in itself. Fascinating, intriguing, engineering by God. That the fruit would contain the seed. Safe inside the fruit would be the seed. The seed is what has the power to create more life. And God wisely, uniquely, with wisdom and design, puts the seed inside the fruit. Inside the overflow is the seed. Inside the overflow is where life comes from. And he hides it. He protects it. He puts it inside that which is beautiful, that which is the overflow. I've just camped out on that thought all week this week. I've just been intrigued by it. I know you're hearing it for the first time this morning, but I would encourage you to make this note for our second law here, that seed is contained in the overflow, our second part of this principle this morning. The overflow contains the seed for multiplying. Let me just... Um, Let's just see if this really is true here. I feel like I'm at the state fair sharpening knives and selling you something, but let's, uh, yeah, I'm not really, trust me, I'm not. So here we go. I'm looking, I'm looking. Uh-oh. You know what? This. You know what this is? This has been an engineered fruit. It is not seed-bearing. Hmm. Let's try this apple right here. Let's see. Because the seed is supposed to be... Ah, yes. You see. Here is the way it's supposed to be. Do you see those seed in there? Yeah. See, God designs fruit to contain the seed. This is where the overflow has seed within it. This is the overflow... Inside the overflow is the seed. Inside the overflow is what's necessary for multiplication. If you want to grow another apple tree, you have to have the fruit, the overflow, and you have to have the seed because this is where the life is. It's inside the fruit. Have I said that enough today? The seed is in the overflow. It's important. The seed is in the overflow. This is God's design. It works that way for apples that are really apples. It works that way for oranges that are actually really oranges. And then these, I love grapes. Grapes are good. A little snack. They're sweet. And guess what these grapes don't have? Seeds. Pretty smart. Seedless grapes really speed up the process. I mean, my mom used to give me grapes when I was young. I had seeds in it, and I'd chew a little bit and like, there's not much on that. When I was growing up, watermelons had seeds. It's a new day today. You can get seedless watermelons. All the joy, half the work. 
you know? But no speed sitting con- uh, seed spitting contest afterwards. You could do some speed spitting contest, but real fruit has the seed within it. Engineered fruit does not have the seed within it. If a fruit has been altered, if the fruit has had its genetics altered so that there are no seeds within it, that fruit becomes a dead-end fruit. In other words, it is only good for me to eat, and then it's good for nothing else. Dead-end, one-purpose fruit. Same with these grapes. If you wanted to grow some more grapes, you're going to have to go somewhere else. Because these grapes do not have any seed within them. They do not have the life within them. If you want to grow an orange tree, you're going to have to go somewhere else. This fruit, this overflow does not contain the seed. It has been altered. It has been changed. It exists only for itself and a one-time use. It does no one else any good. It stops right there. But God has designed fruit to have seed. You know, the actual definition for the word fruit or for a fruit is the product that comes from a tree or vine that contains seed. That is the definition. So in actuality, this is not a fruit because it does not have the seed within it. Now you think, why does he keep making a big deal about that? Because where there's life, there's overflow. And the overflow contains the seed. The seed is where life comes from. Let's make some personal application here, and I think this might come together. For example, if you want to see life spread to those around you, if you want to see what is in you multiplied to other people, then there has to be overflow from you, and it has to be real. Not fake, not pretentious, not plastic, but genuine, real, not synthetically altered. If you want to see your children love as they grow, then you're going to want to have the overflow of genuine love in your family. Because you will then pass on out of your overflow what they need to have life into the next generation. Because that's what happens. Fruit, seed, planted, creates next generation apples. Are you with me? If you want to... Let's say you have someone in your family. Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's a child. Maybe it's a family member, and you have been praying for them. You so desperately want them to know life, 
but they're at a place right now where they don't have any life. And you think, how, God, how is that going to happen? How are they going to experience life? And he says, I've already put in place a law. It's called the law of overflow. If you walk in it, you'll see the benefit of it. If you don't, you'll see the consequences of it. So from your life, begin to use words that give hope and life and love to those around you. When the overflow happens from you and it's genuine and sincere, you will speak words to them that will cause them to live. The Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue. If you speak encouragement and hope and appreciation to those around you, you will see them in time like a seed planted from an apple tree eventually bear fruit. But it has to come from our overflow. You can't be one who sucks the life out of people. That's not overflow. That's the opposite. If your life is characterized by complaining, griping, pointing out everybody else's failures, grumbling, bitter, jealous, consumed with yourself, those are all inward, life-sucking qualities. Nobody around people like that ever say, Woo, I wonder what's happened to them. I really want some of it, whatever it is. No, people usually say, I'm out. But you get around someone who has life flowing from them, who speak hope, speak words of encouragement, speak truth, who express love, who express life, they're like a magnet. You just want to be around people like that because life is in the fruit. The fruit contains the seed. Let's just make one other application. When it comes to worship, let's just put it in the context of right here. When we gather together, the Bible says that our worship is an overflow. It's the fruit, which is overflow, of our lips. It comes from our heart. And so when we worship together here, when you are expressing your overflow, you are actually planting seeds in the people that are all around you. Because some of us came in today and we're ready to worship. Not because we're better than anybody else, but we're just in a place because we want to worship. Some of us may have come in this morning and we are at a spot where we're in need. We're at a place where we're hurting. We're at a place where we're having to really apply faith. We're having a hard time giving and forgiving and doing those things. When I begin to express worship, I am bringing the reality of Christ into this place. When I begin to sing, when I begin to express out of the overflow, fruit is seen. And when there's overflow, it has the seed that can cause someone else to experience that same life. It's happened to you. You've been here. You've come in. Maybe you're at that spot where you're struggling and you look around and people are just, they're all lit up with worship and excitement. And you're like, wait a minute. 
I've really sensed God's presence here in this moment. And soon you find yourself engaged. It was most likely because somebody else expressed out of overflow that God was near and working in them. When there's overflow, there's life because the seed is in the overflow. That's how God has created all things. When we make life change happen in us, when we choose to be transformed, when we begin to put away things that we used to walk in, when we begin to walk in new ways of obedience to God, when we choose to walk in His ways, then all of a sudden people notice that. And they want to know, what is this thing that's happened for you? And all of a sudden it encourages someone else because in the overflow is where the life is when it's sincere, when it's genuine. He calls us to that same level of overflow because when you do, it encourages someone else. So let me tell you an encouraging story this morning. So uh, right now, we're all here in this room in our Elevate Kids ministry. I don't know what their number is this morning, but recently, for most mornings, there are 50-plus birth through fourth graders in our Elevate ministry right now. That's an awesome thing. Yeah. Yeah, it is. We are seeing fruit there because some young families have been very fruitful, and that's awesome. We encourage that. In fact, I believe as believers, it's, it's what we're called to do, to be fruitful. In a world today that's trying to be engineered fruitless, are you with me? They're trying to eliminate the fruit. We have the power and potential to change the future because we become fruitful. Because we give life. We recognize it as a blessing from God. And we celebrate it. So when families come in and they've got three and pregnant with another one, let me just say that's not the moment to say, what, you don't know what causes that? It's not the moment for that. As, be <laughs> as believers, that's our moment to say, praise God. That is awesome. Way to go. Really. That should be our response because what's happening is they are experiencing a law that God has established. Why would we want to mock and deter someone who's walking in that law? We should celebrate that. That's why we have a vibrant children's ministry here at Vertical. That's why we teach them from birth all the way up through fourth and then from there all the way up fifth and sixth and beyond. Because we want them to know the wonder of God's ways. Now back to our Elevate ministry. They have grown and in fact we have a, a, an excellent volunteer crew who serve in there and they give up one or more of their Sundays every six weeks to serve there, to teach there. And that's happening right this moment. There are some, some of us have chosen to be there to serve and give their time. And they're leading and they're showing these children Christ. So in our growth, talking to Micah, we've worked out a plan like, you know what? It's time to divide this class. Because when you've got, when you've got 15 three-year-olds around your leg... <laughs> It's too many, Liz said. It's too many. It is. You know, 
you don't get a whole lot out of that moment, and they don't either. You know, you go out of there like, Micah, I'm not doing that. You know. <laughs> so we want it to be a beautiful experience for the children and for the volunteers as well. So we're about to divide multiple classes upstairs. We're going to have to take some new space, and we're going to need some more volunteers. You're going to hear me talk about this over the next several weeks. This is what happens, though, when a body is producing life. The rest of the body comes along and helps it. It comes along and supports it. And if we're going to believe, or if we're going to be those in our day who say, choose life, then let's be a church who will teach that same serving of life. Amen? Amen. 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 The overflow is where the seed is. The overflow is what causes real life to happen. Not artificial life. Not fake. Not pretending. Not faking it till you make it. Genuine Love, genuine giving, genuine serving, genuine worship, genuine words of appreciation, genuine overflow from our life. We should be a people in overflow mode because it's in the seed that the next generation of life happens. Back to our verse. So we saw that the tree was going to yield fruit. That its seed is in itself. I just can't get enough of that phrase. The seed is in itself. But then it also says this, that according to its kind, that the seed has been engineered by God, not evolved through some wonky, funky process, engineered by God with design, with intent, that the seed that comes from the fruit the seed that is in the overflow would then go into the ground and produce after its kind. You don't have to wonder, I'm going to take these apples or the seeds that are in an apple. I don't know what they're going to bring forth. Could be strawberries, could be grapes, could be figs. Who knows? No. We know if you take an apple seed and you put it in the ground, it will produce an apple tree. Ta-da, amazing. God has written it into the DNA, the fiber of of the universe, that the seed from the source, when it's planted, will produce just like its kind. Whatever it came from is what it will be. The seed produces after its kind. Whatever the source was is what the seed is. Whatever the seed is is what will be produced. That's why when Adam and Eve sinned and then they produced children, it was after their kind. All of those who would come after would come in the same kind as the seed that came from Adam. Are you with me? Everybody born after that is a sinner. You're not a sinner just because you stole a toy from another toddler in preschool. 
That was just a manifestation of the fact that you already had the seed of sin within you. Born seed sinners. Mm. But God had established a pattern even in the garden where he would say that there's the seed of one coming who will crush the head of this serpent. And so time would roll, prophecies would come, and they would wait for the day that the holy seed would come. Until the day that an angel visited a young virgin, virgin, and this one would be chosen so that she would bear the holy seed from God. And the Holy Spirit would place in her holy seed, not the same seed from the other kind, from her husband-to-be, Joseph, because his kind was a sinner kind. If there was going to be a Savior, a spotless Lamb of God, there would have to be a new seed come. And there did. The Holy Spirit placed it within her. And she gave birth to the son, not of Joseph, but the son of God. And because his seed came from another place, when this boy grew, he was after his kind, his father. He came as the God-man who knew no sin. He was the one who walked in obedience to his father because he came from another seed. Are you with me so far? Overflow always comes when there's life. In the overflow is always the seed. But our last truth is this. New life happens when seed leaves the source. It doesn't do any good for this apple seed, this apple seed, there's one in there. It doesn't do any good for this seed to stay in the source. The seed has to leave the source at some point for there to be life. A fruit that stays on a tree can't produce more life. A seed that stays inside the fruit cannot produce more life. Seed that's taken out and left alone on the shelf cannot produce more life. The seed must leave the source. The seed must fall into the soil. The seed must die. The seed must be buried over. The seed must be left alone because then seeds do what seeds do. They sprout. They come alive because the life is in the seed. But it had to leave the source first. The seed that went into Mary had to leave heaven first. And when it did, it brought forth new life. Now, you and I were born after the kind of sinners. No one in this room has escaped that. Every one of us born with a nature that just knows sin. You didn't need a pre-K class to teach you that. You didn't need to be around someone else to discover it. It's written into your DNA. That is until the day that you chose to believe 
when you heard there was good news that God had overflowed and sent his son, that God had given us a new way to be born again, that we might become someone different than we had been. And when we chose by faith to believe what Jesus had done in paying for our sin and making a way for us to be righteous and new, you believed. And when that happened, a new seed came into your heart. And you became born again, not after the first kind, but after his kind. And what's born again in you is new life. You have new person within you. You have become someone new because of the new seed that is in you. Are you with me this morning? You understand what I'm talking about? You are no longer who you were. There's a new seed at work within you. Jesus is working and he is producing fruit in you. And he intends that now, as vines and trees, that we might bear fruit have overflow, and it spill over into our relationships. Mm. You want change to happen in your marriage? Then stop the criticizing and complaining and whining. Instead, choose to be overflow. Regardless of what they're doing, you choose to do what God designed you to do. Overflow. Have life that comes from you. Be the one who speaks hope. Be the one who chooses to love. Be the one who chooses to express hope and life in your marriage relationship, regardless of what they say or do. You want to change your children? Be overflow to them. You want to change relationships? Overflow. Because in the overflow is the seed for change. If they don't see it in you, they aren't ever going to experience it because God uses the seed in you to overflow and change them. We're going to look at a passage the next couple of weeks that shows this principle. It's in the New Testament. It's in the book of 2 Corinthians, and Paul had encouraged the people there to give, and they had lagged behind in their giving. They hadn't done what they said they were going to, and Paul writes to encourage them. And he says, you know, the Father has blessed you. And because of the blessing that's in you, now you overflow that. And as they did, he said that the gift actually caused other people to be changed. They began to be thankful because the Corinthian church had chosen to give. When you and I overflow, we open the possibility for somebody else to be changed. So during this season of Thanksgiving, be thankful for what you've received. Be thankful for what God has given you. Be thankful for fruit in your life. Be thankful and expressive. But above all things... Express that joy, that gratefulness. Let it come from you. Tell somebody what Jesus has done for you. Let your life be 
a fruit bowl of thanks to others so that they sense genuine life, not plastic, not pretending, not fake, genuine fruit with the power of the seed in it to change the people around you. For us as a church, we have a vision to reach this area. And not just the city of Ovilla, but beyond, way beyond. For that to happen, we have to be a people who are ready to overflow, to give out what God has put in, to flow and it be genuine, sincere, worship, sharing our story, giving, loving, teaching, encouraging, so that it produces in others life change. And I'll tell you, in this culture today, you want to stand out? Just choose to be somebody who's grateful instead of demanding. You just choose to be someone who overflows life instead of sucking life from everybody else. You just choose to not be selfish, complaining, and wanting your way Instead, choose to be grateful, kind, and serving. Oh, you'll stand out all right. You will look very different than the culture. And welcome to life in Jesus Christ, because this is what we do. Amen? Amen. I love how that verse ends. It says this, And God saw that it was good. After he planted the tree, and it's growing, and there's fruit... God said, whoo, I see it. I see it, and it's good. I love it. I love this, Jesus says. I love this, the Father says. I love this, the Spirit says, because it's what we did. Out of our overflow came life. They see a tree, and it's growing, and life comes from it. Beautiful, good. What does your life look like today? What kind of tree, vine are you? Is there fruit? Is there overflow? Is it demonstrated by how you live, what you say, where you go, what you do, how you relate, how you love, how you, how you give words of encouragement, hope? Are you a life-giving source? Are you a tree with fruit? This is what he's called us to. You may say today, I feel like I'm kind of withered on the vine right now. I got you. I understand. The good news is we know the one true vine who can fill us with life today. So if you say, I'm in need of so much hope today. I'm in need of so much love today. I'm in need of so much encouragement today. I know that it needs to be given from my life, but I just don't feel like I have enough of it myself. I understand. But I also understand that we have a God who says, if you'll come to me, if you'll believe me, even Jesus said, what will result will be rivers of living water just flowing out of your soul. I'll fill you up. I'll run you over. It'll be a river. It won't be a trickle. It won't be drop, drop. It'll be flood, flood. That's what will come from you. So this morning, let us open our hearts to receive all that he has so that we can flow out 
all that he's given to us. Amen? Would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, I'm grateful today that you have chosen out of all that is in you to overflow even to us who are sinners, even to us who had walked in our own ways, even to us who had done our own thing and were undeserving of any kind of grace and peace and life and forgiveness. But out of that, you gave so that we might know life. You sent your son. You've poured out your spirit. And today, Father, we open our hands and our hearts to receive because you pour out your love, pour out your mercy, pour out forgiveness, and we turn to focus on what you have given today. And out of your overflow comes all we need in seed to be life to others. We receive you today, Father. We take in all that you are and have. And may we be a people who overflow that life today. Overflow from us, Father. We pray in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. Stand with us as we sing today from overflow, from joy. What an incredible message that was today by Pastor Brian, learning about how we can bless others and give seeds of thanks. Click subscribe down below and we'll see you next week.